0: Welcome to the Stories to Love Podcast, the podcast where I fangirl over creators and find out all about their inspiration in hopes to boost our own inspiration. I am your host, Tiff Marcello, an inspiration seeker and your resident fangirl. Hi, everyone. This is Tiff of the Stories to Love Podcast, and this is episode 64. It's just me today for my first Minnesota of the year, and this episode will cover my tips to write your first draft, but in vibes. So I finished my first draft of my first book in my forthcoming Harlequin series, um, though it's not coming out in 2024. It was, as usual, at times a freeing exercise and then a totally crippling devastating session. There are moments in which I was in that zone of writing in which I don't feel the time pass. And then there were those times when I watched my study bunny timer, which is what I use um, for my writing sprints. I just watched that study bunny timer click by in desperate molasses slow seconds. But I made it through. I am deep in first round revisions now. So yay. Um, And I'm over the pain of that first draft. But I have received quite a few questions on how I draft. So I thought I'd share some tips on how to do this first draft, but in vibes. We're all so different in our processes, in our writing, and we are surrounded by writers all in their different journeys. But I hope that the vibe and tips, or the tips and vibes, I mean, can help you out. So before we head on over to the other side, I wanted to mention that my upcoming novel, When Jasmine Blooms, is up for pre-order. It's up on every retailer, and I've linked it in the show notes. It releases on April 11, 2023, and is a what-if story inspired by Marmee of Little Women about a grieving woman who wonders what if, and that scenario comes true. For my readers out there, bring out the tissues. Also know that this is a contemporary fiction novel, not contemporary romance. Now there is a marriage romance. Uh, there is a marriage romance in that story, a marriage trope. And the story ends in a hopeful tone, but it has threads of very serious topics. Um, but I hope you love it. I hope you will able to read My Love for Marmy Abigail Alcott, which is Louisa May Alcott's mom, and all the mothers out there who have had to navigate grief in their lives. I want to thank all of you who have subscribed to this podcast. If you haven't, I'd love it if you click to follow so you can get notifications of every new episode. And if you have found this podcast helpful and fun, please leave a rating and review. It really does help. To boost discoverability and for more information about me, Tiff, and submitting to this podcast, please head on to my website at tiffmarcelo.com. See you on the other side of the track. First drafts. Let's be frank. Once you announce to the world, or maybe to your author friends, or, or you've declared it to somebody that you're going to write that book, darn it, reality sets in that, oh my God, I'm actually going to need to write this book. It's something that has happened to me in the last six years, and it happens every single time, how exciting it is to talk about a book and to have that fantastic idea, and then sit down in front of the computer and realize, oh my gosh, I actually have to write 80,000 words. And it can be simultaneously intimidating and freeing and crippling and a thrill. All of these things could exist all at the same time in that same writing sprint, in that same month, in that same year, in that half second. Writing for how it requires a person to sit with a pen and paper or computer is vulnerable making. We cannot ever really take that away. There's no doubt about it that writing a first draft of a book brings out some feelings, okay? So, and there are a million ways to draft a book. No two people can do it the same. And after many years and several books in, I don't expect anybody to write like me, my process. Nor do I, I have come to... Um, that part in my career where I realized I am not like that other person and I don't write like them. My process won't be like theirs. I can always take best practices, of course, but I am the person that has to write this book. And sometimes I even change my process in between books, sometimes in the middle of writing a book. So there's so much that goes into drafting. It's not just the story idea or the outline but so much of giving oneself and lots of faith, in my opinion. So before we head on further into this discussion, this is my disclaimer. I am here to help you, but I can only relay my own experience. And I have learned from generous writers that I have met throughout the years, and I can probably pass on what they've told me, but... I need for you to take what sounds right for you and you can leave the rest. And I'm totally cool with that. You can tell me to pound sand. Um, You probably have a better way. But this is my way um, because things just change. Life changes. Um, It is a a full character arc for each one of us. And that's why I give my tips and vibes because – I know that that, the vibes for me, won't change. Okay, so I have five tips for you today. Number one, you complete me. That is the vibe. You complete me. So we all write in different times of the day. I start my day usually, I say usually because it's not always, um, at around 5 a.m. and have done so for over a decade. It just worked for how my then growing family, um, how our patterns were, and, and the jobs that I had worked. You know, I started writing back when I had a newborn. And it just so happened that the early mornings worked for me. And now my youngest is actually 13. So I I, I actually catalog my career um, with my youngest child. But And I have so many author friends, on the other hand, that write super late at night. And whether I'm under deadline or I'm avoiding a draft (laughs) and I have to write well into the night too, I find that I have to have some kind of a routine to cling to. We can talk about routines in another episode because I have a morning routine and an evening routine and my writing routines have changed somewhat throughout the years. But currently it is having, so this is my, these are the things that complete me, is that I have all my planners around me to include the book or the notebook that has the notes for that specific work and my water and coffee on my desk. I also have a blanket that's across my lap or my shoulders or music or an ongoing noise around me and my study bunny at the ready. So I mentioned my study bunny at the beginning of the podcast, and I'll link it in the show notes. It's just a simple app that keeps up with your um, time blocks. I call this whole thing completing me much like how my friends and family complete me, right? They're like my backups, if you will. If I have time during my evening routines, I even set out most of these things, the blanket, the water, the planners around my computer, so that all I have to do is really to bring myself and my coffee to my desk. As a note, I was asked if I um, turn off my phone and Wi Fi while I work. And I can't do that. With four kids, a busy husband, I feel like my life always has a fire burning somewhere. And I can't be disconnected at all. So it's, it's always going to be something I have to balance and challenge. But I feel like if I have the things that complete me around me, then I'm, I'm good to go, even for that one session. Number two, the vibe is, I am amazing. Okay, so that is probably a little bombastic and forthcoming. But in truth, when it comes to writing a book, there is no one that can do it but you or no one can do it but me. I am the only one that can write my book. No one can do it for me. I think that is something that you've you know, I have had to really grapple with. It's it's the book stops here. And at the heart of it, no one can motivate me but me. Once my butt's in the chair, only I can make the words go. Like I can only be I am the only person that can put my fingers on the keyboard. So what I say to myself after a couple deep breaths is, I am amazing. I really leave it up to myself to pump myself up. I inflate my ego. You know, probably, it's probably not a great thing when you're not writing, but when I am writing, I inflate my ego so that I can bring my fingers to the keyboard and face that blank page. As much as possible in my mind, I tell myself that I can do no wrong because this is my book and this is my heart. As a side note, You know, a lot of folks talk about imposter syndrome and I, and people ask me about it and how I feel about it. And I'm very um, open that I don't assign this story to myself. I have never assigned the story of being an imposter because I do believe that we all have a right to be here. Here meaning the world of writing your story, the world of publishing your story. I have no more right than you, nor another person has more right than me. If I subscribe to imposter syndrome, then I couldn't go on striving. This is a very hard business. If I'm ever feeling doubtful, I assign my doubt to something very specific, such as, does this sentence make sense? Or does this plot even follow? I really try to catch myself before I all out assume it's because I'm not good enough or just not deserving enough to be here. Um, By telling myself I'm amazing, I give myself permission to be whoever I want to be in front of this computer. And I give myself the ability to write the story from my heart. Number three, wind in my face. So I have... A family of runners, for those that know me, Um, I am usually chasing after them because in my immediate family of six, all have been on a track or cross country team, except for me. Um, I have, I played tennis throughout high school, but that's sprints, you know, strength and sprints, I used to say. Um, But, and while in the Army, I technically did a lot of running, but my talent for it is, nah. You know, I, I'm a walker, I can hike, but running is just not, not my thing. But when I tackle drafting, I imagine the wind in my face. I liken the imagery to what my daughter, um, who will be a collegiate runner this fall, Looks like when she's out on the track, you know her black hair flying in the wind, it's quite beautiful actually to see somebody in their element, completely immersed. You know when my daughter runs, she lets it all go, and it's what I try to emulate <laughs> as much as possible when I sit and draft on this compu- on this laptop. I believe I in my heart and soul that I'm a writer right? So I believe that writing is my element. So, and storytelling has always made me happy. So my imagery then, (laughs) please don't laugh, is that I'm typing so fast that I'm generating energy and wind from it. Am I really writing that fast? Probably not. But in my heart, in my gut, I'm going for it. I'm going to cross the finish line or in my case, the ding of my sprint timer. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Have we taken a breath? Okay, number four, next time with an exclamation point. So the first draft is not your last draft. This is a phrase worth repeating. The first draft is messy. It's sometimes laughable. It might be too long, full of run-on sentences. Or if you're like me, the, first, the very, very first draft is always about a third short. So in revisions, just an FYI, it grows like blob, like the blob. Do you remember that film? And it ends up being a third too long, and then I have to cut it down. But that very, very first draft is usually short. But accepting that the first draft might not be your last draft can be completely freeing. For me, this thinking allows f- for me to keep going. So I don't double back like every second I, I, I feel the need to, meaning as much as possible with the end in mind, I charge on. Now, in the course of my day, I might think of new new details, right? So let's say I write a scene, and I think up of a new detail or something I've forgotten. If this happens, I will annotate, I will go back to that previous scene and write a couple of notes, maybe write those two sentences that were necessary. But I don't spend too much time there. My personality is that I get very caught up. So if you're like me, It might help to put notes in those parts of the previous chapters and then scream next time with an exclamation point, meaning you'll take care of that full change in the next revision. For some folks, this is tough. I completely admit this. Some folks return to previous chapters to edit before moving on. And that is okay if you keep going, dot, 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 if you keep going. But in my opinion, if one has an innate fear to draft or if one is resisting the middle of the book, or even the end of the book, then one may actually get stuck and never finish. Right? It's, it's one of these things where you have to know yourself and you have to know your inclinations. So if I think that if you're like me, in which I tend to stall because I'm a perfectionist by nature, I need to simply put a note in there with a big highlight, like fix me here and then keep going. And now finally, my fifth and final tip in Vibe is I get an A+. So not all days will be great writing days. Some days it will be tough to get 200 words on the page. Before the pandemic, for example, I could knock out up to 5,000 words a day. And now, well, it's different. My best days are 2,000 words. What I've learned from this change is this. No matter what, I'm going to give myself an A+. To me, this is probably the toughest of all the tips for me to follow, right? Um, Because I have expectations. I think we all have expectations of what we can accomplish. We might have had previous productivity that we might be comparing our current productivity to, or maybe you are more productive than ever before. In all cases, acceptance is sometimes the key that opens the door for more words or opens the trunk for more bravado or gumption to write something so amazing. Giving yourself grace and accepting that what might be so, what, giving yourself grace that what is, is might be crucial because you're allowing for mistakes or any kind of change, right? Being flexible will be a signal to ourselves that we do truly belong here where we are as writers. So, Give yourself an A plus and patting yourself on the back needs to be part of the repertoire because it is up to us to build our confidence. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, it is truly the toughest of all the tips. Um, In all of these steps, I find that giving myself an A plus is the one that I work on the most. So that was fast and furious. My five tips, just to recap, one you complete me. Two, you are amazing. Three, win in your face. Four, next time with an exclamation point. And five, I get an A+. I hope that these tips help you as you face your first draft. Above all though, I want you to know that you can do this. I'm saying this to myself too as I'm listening to this and editing this. (laughs) I want you to know that you have a story meant to be told. And you're the only person that can tell your story your way. What I always say is this too to myself. Not everyone has an inkling to write. Heck, not everyone reads, okay? So if you have an inkling to write a story, whatever that is, in whatever format it may be, this is your sign to go ahead and write it. In fact, you don't even need my permission. You don't need anyone's permission. You just need to do it. So... I know you can do this. I know I can do this. We can finish our next first draft. And I hope that if this helps you at all, that you let me know and drop me a line. Well, that is my first Minnesota of the stories to love podcast my tips on drafting your book and vibes i hope it helped and i wish you a peaceful day and i can't wait for you to listen to more stories to love episodes if you have any questions regarding the writing process or if you have a book or author to recommend drop me a line at tiff marcello at gmail.com or stories to love podcast at gmail.com and this will all be in the show notes but i hope you have a fantastic day bye Thank you so much for joining me, Tiff Marcello, at the Stories to Love podcast. You can follow me through my newsletter at tiffmarcello.com, an Instagram and Facebook page under Tiff Marcello and the Stories to Love podcast. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating, spreading the word, and picking up one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. I'll see you again.